Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate with Howard Drukarsh. For those who don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders, along with Arthur Bartram and Rod Petticord, of Canada's largest independent brokerage with over 5,500 agents. I've also been on the board of directors of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, the board of directors of the Real Estate Council of Ontario, which is the regulator, and I sit on the board of the company I co-founded. If you're interested in finding more about me, there is a a first episode on our podcast called Intro. It it actually is the only one that is audio only. All the rest on on YouTube are audio and video. Um, When I was active in the company, uh, my role, along with uh, being manager, broker of record, president, variety of those things, was hiring agents. And over the period that I I was active, I hired over a thousand agents. So I have a pretty good background in real estate. And and as a result of that, I I actually can connect with some terrific guests like our guest today. Now, normally when we have a a guest uh, on my desk, uh, I have a piece of paper or something like this with their bio. uh, And then I pick the highlight items because, uh, you know, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, But today, um, and it's a real treat for me because our guest, uh, Mary Jane Viejo, is not only an incredibly accomplished uh, real estate agent, also a friend. So I said, are you okay if I read your bio? And she said, yes. So, all right, everybody grab a cup of coffee (laughs) and relax, because this is going to take a few minutes. But it it really, once we go past the bio, what you'll see is this is an extremely hardworking, I mean, to me, uh, James Brown was the hardest working man in in, uh, in uh, showbiz, and uh, MJ is the hardest working person in real estate, and you'll find out why in a minute. So here we go. MJ was born in Toronto, raised in a real estate family. Uh, she's broker of record and president of Remax Realtron Property Group Realty, which is her own company, and she's a second generation realtor, obtained her license in 1989. Uh, distinguished industry awards include Remax International Chairman's Club individual award. There's only 1,240 in the entire world given out out of 150,000 agents. She represents the top 1% worldwide as an, indivi- as an individual agent in production. She also has the Remax Hall of, Fla- Hall of Fame, uh, which she earned in her first three and a half years uh, with, with Remax in 2006, uh, her first million gross commissions, and she has the Remax Lifetime Achievement Award. This, this goes on to how she got into this. And Mary, uh, Mary Jane decided to activate her license and embark on a real estate career at the end of 2002. Um, she's happy to have made this decision. She achieved her Hall of Fame in just over three years, as I mentioned. Uh, and uh, in her first year of real estate, and anybody who's listening who is new to the business, in her first year, she did 82 transactions. Um, the, um, she's the top individual agent for Remax Realtor on Scarborough, and that's from 2004 and 2009, and the top 1% in the world for individual agent production. Now, can she do it alone? No, but she has a great team. Uh, her partner, Kevin, uh, her cousin, Marie, uh, there'll be others that she'll talk about. Those are the ones that I know personally. Um, and she specializes not only in uh, residential, but land development, condos, new construction, commercial, um, she does specialty services, and this is a big part of her success, her own staging. She keeps her own inventory for that. Um, she has her own cargo trailer, um, and her clients get a whole lot of benefits from the way she operates uh, when they're sellers. She was also voted by the general public, the top realtor in Toronto by Metro Readers. She provides innovative marketing and advertising techniques and has enhanced negotiating skills without a doubt. <laughs> okay. Uh, her educational background is she has a global uh, she has a global political economy degree from York. 
a specialized honors in political science, and a postgraduate training in financial analysis, economics, and finance. In addition to that, she's be, uh, being raised in the business. She held executive management and consulting positions in the financial sector. She's a classically trained pianist and teacher. And there I'll take a break, because I normally uh, introduce where did we meet. So our story is a great story. Uh, there's a there's a breakfast group called the Scarborough Realtor Breakfast Group, and I, I was I went once uh, as a representative of the company. I was sitting beside another guy, and we got to talking. He's a drummer, and I said his name's Minus, and I said, "Oh, I'm a drummer too." We talked about drumming, and then Mary Jane came in, and he said, "And she's a fantastic magician, musician, musician, and you should talk to her." So then after the uh, after the uh, meeting, I said, "Would you like to jam?" And uh, she said, "Yeah, sure." And so we, we somehow I organized this jam. This is my favorite part of the story. So there was me, a real estate person, MJ, a real estate person, uh, Aaron Black, a real estate person, um, and Minus, a real estate person. So in the group, we had four real estate agents. The name of the group was the greatest, um, the world's greatest uh, band. And we didn't last as long as the Rolling Stones. Because when you're dealing with real estate agents, if they have a client, that's where they go. But but that's how we met. Um, and she's a terrific, uh, I mean, her music career is also outstanding. Uh, she's a songwriter. She's been published by MCA Universal. She won a national songwriting contest at 17 years old. She performed for Queen Elizabeth and Mulrooney at the Official Canada Celebration 1990. Um, she also has a certified luxury home marketing uh, specialist uh, designations senior real estate specialist, born and raised in Toronto. She knows the city really well. Um, she's as professional as they come, smart, charming. And that's it for our program today, folks. So thanks for showing. <laughs> thanks for turning in. So MJ. Um, You're way too kind, Howard. Oh, that was well, a, an listen. amazing intro. And coming from you and and it just for 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 all that you've done, for how big your company has grown, for how great your story is. I have a mutual admiration and we have such a great friendship. And, um, you know, if, if anybody could be like you, mentoring and inspiring, it's it's really great to watch that. So oh, that's very, I'm just trying to be like you. <laughs> very, very kind and I'm trying to be like you, but you're, you're way ahead of me. So. <laughs> so let's get on to the question part. First off, I happened to speak to MJ earlier in the day. He said, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? And I said, you know, let's, when we get on the podcast, let's just tell people, like without going to your last year, the real estate things you've done in the last 24 hours, because that tells everybody about how hard work is not something you're afraid of. So let's start with yesterday to today. You and your team, what did you do? Okay, yesterday, uh, I'm going to start at my 2.30 appointment, the first appointment, 2.30 p.m., um, with a client, I did have some morning ones, but I'm going to give you my last 24 hour rundown. Fair enough. So had a past client, great guy said, I'm buying lunch for all of us. You're going to stage my house. So off Marie and I went, Marie is my cousin. She's also a licensed agent. She's, although she's at another brokerage, we do work together, um, and help each other with our deals. So we went there and off we went up to a condo with a trolley with five bags of pillows and the guy had lunch ready for us and we tried mixing and matching bedspreads and painting and all that. So I had to cut that short at about 4.30. I had to drive to Pickering. This one was in uh, West Toronto. Drove to Pickering and I showed six houses. 
So right after that, I met Marie, who was with buyers, who she showed three condos to, and we de-staged a mutual client's um, place because they're moving back in on the weekend. Then during those six houses that we showed, we actually prepared an offer and uh, in the morning found out we were victorious and then they got their draft and at 10.30 a.m., I went off to show another house to, again, repeat, repeat clients while my other half, who's amazing, and my sister, I, I begged them to go downtown and grab these items from a uh, condo, two condos that were closing in the heart of downtown. So they were making it back to the city. And here I am doing this great podcast. And at four o'clock, um, we're off to Port Hope to show some country property. Okay. So for anybody who's new and wonders, what does it take to be successful in real estate? I think you just got an idea. Uh, it doesn't happen your first year. And we get a lot of people, you know, listening to our podcast or looking at our podcast on YouTube to try to understand, uh, you know, real estate better. And, uh, um, you know, I try to make the, the information that, that uh, we share with uh, the audience something that helps them get a better understanding of the business. So um, let, let's move on. I want to do a, a bit about questions um, that help people understand sure. your career. Um, so we know that in your background, uh, there was real estate, right? Uh, your dad was a real estate broker. Yes, correct? my dad was a realtor. And, uh, and as a result, you knew the business or you knew what the business was about, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what, it, it, I didn't really want to be a realtor um, when I was 17 and he was saying, oh, you should get your license. You don't really know much about it, but you see how long they work. And I said, no, no, I think I'm going to be a lawyer, but I'll get my license to help out with the family business, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really understand the full value of it till I got older. I always helped him with his open houses. From the age of 10, I was tearing out tear sheets. You remember those, Certainly. Howard, the dailies. Yeah. Yeah. I was sorting them alphabetically, highlighting all the C1, C2, C15 books and color coding, because those were our CMAs back then. Right. So, so that gave you a, an idea uh, of what you'd be getting into in real estate. Um, it's an odd question because I think in your life, there's probably many, but um, who's been your biggest influence in real estate? Let's take it there. Wow. My biggest influence in real estate. There've been many along the way. Sure. Um, I'd say my dad taught me a lot about the art of negotiating, not directly, but just from me watching mm -hmm. all of that unfold. Um, a lot of my peers who, when I first started in the business, um, one of them, I, he was my sales manager at a new home site that I worked, and we've become very, very good family friends. It's a relationship that's two decades old. Um, as a matter of fact, actually, Marie is at his brokerage because we're, you know, they're more family. And, and really, this, this business is not about you doing it alone. It's about networking. It's about having great relationships with these multi-offers, showing listings, bringing an offer. You can't do that alone. You need the other agent. And of course, my other half, Kevin, is a, is a big influencer. He's actually the behind the scenes coach um, and propels me to great heights, actually thinks outside the box. Sometimes when you're in a situation, it's always great to bounce the idea off a colleague, a friend, a loved one, your partner. Um, and, and that's what I do. I, I tap in and I have lots of great friends. And as a matter of fact, if I counted my five very best friends, 
they're all realtors. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's interesting because the longer you're in the business, the more you realize exactly what you said, the relationships count because it's a business of uh, a variety of personalities, for lack of a better way to say it. And when you find somebody like the way I feel about you, and I, uh, obviously it's nice that you feel the same way, you want to keep those friendships going because they're, they're just really special. So um, I, I get that. In, in terms of your career, um, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask. It, the, the three uh, items that, that affect the career are luck, uh, intelligence, and hard work. Um, how would you rank those in terms of one, two, three? Luck, intelligence, hard work. I'm going to put hard work first. No question. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Um, I read somebody's post today and they said 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Right. I've heard that. Yeah. And and that that to me sums it all up. Um, I say luck is, is, is luck and intelligence. I mean, you can be the smartest person. If you have the worst luck, then, well, you're not really going to get that far ahead. So I'm going to say those two are tied, but I'm going to say the hard work is definitely the front runner. Okay. Uh, to be successful in life and business, you have to take some risks. Um, and, and in your case, what were the biggest risks you took and, and how, did, how did it work out? Wow. Okay. I took the biggest risk leaving my comfortable nine to five, which wasn't really a nine to five. It was, it was an executive position and, you know, I had a very successful career a six figure income, you know, pension, um, shares, uh, benefits, paid time off, leaving the comfort of that to be your own boss and to be an entrepreneur and maybe leaving that path to go to uncertain waters. Um, that's a big thing, you know, that's, that's a big, big step. And that was my biggest fear. And look at my, my other half here is bringing me a ba- uh, a glass of, Let's bring of Kevin in. Hey, bring him my right Friday, in. Kevin, Friday here. <laughs> Kevin, bring bring yourself right into the screen because now that she's introduced you as her coach, and I know. Oh, he 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 doesn't want to be on the screen. All right. <laughs> okay. He's uh, a little camera shy today. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll get him another time. We'll we'll leave that to another time. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, that part, and I know that about you, how you left that career. And, I, you know, I'm so, uh, that's an inspiring thing for people to do. It's one thing to leave a failing career. It's another thing to leave a successful career. Right. Uh, what, what would be, um, and there's so many challenges, I guess, but what would be the, the biggest challenge you had to overcome uh, in, your, in your real estate career? The biggest challenge I had to over, overcome was starting out from scratch. I mean, my dad had a career, but it was a very different type of um, clientele, and I wanted to do my own thing. And I was so eager to just prove my own worth and say, you know, I wasn't riding off his coattails. I just wanted to carve out my business my way. Um, So the hardest thing is actually, where do you find your clients? You're overwhelmed. You don't know where to go. Well, I lent myself to every agent out there. Do you want me to do an open house? What would you like me to do? Is there any listing you want me to help you market? You know, that worked out okay, but I knocked on doors. I took out ads. I cold called. I did everything I needed to do. And then I found myself on a new home site and I basically sold myself until they would talk to me. And finally they hired me. Mm -hmm. So I had to get really creative with where to go and how to start. And I took out all kinds of money doing print ads back then. 
I, um, I knew that going back into real estate, I would have to start with some capital and I amassed a bunch of capital and then I just invested in myself and there was no fear, no fear of rejection. And I think that's the biggest thing because we should all condition ourselves to say, hey, if they don't need my help, maybe somebody else does and move on to the next and be totally tenacious and persevering. And, you know, sometimes it works out. In this career, because there are so many, this is, I always felt that one of the things missing in the, in the licensing course was uh, uh, identifying the emotional part of real estate. Because many people can handle the rejection. Uh, you know, obviously those that can don't take it personally as you and you move on. But a lot of people, you know, they get licensed and then all of a sudden they're getting, you know, rejected from family, friends, neighbors, and they go, no, this isn't working out. And it's not that kind of a business. You have to, as you did, build your own business. So I, I understand. And anybody who's been in it for a while understands. This question I like because it, it, it is also a part of when you're dealing with the public. What sets off your BS alarm when you meet someone? Oh, what sets off your BS alarm when you meet someone? That's a good question, Howard. Okay. Um, when you can't really get a straight answer. Good answer, right. I, I tend to ask very direct questions. Um, are you in the market for buying? When do you want to close? How much down do you have? Are you pre-approved? Like just if they skirt around things and tell me, well, if we see what we like, we'll know then you just know right away. You yeah. can sniff it out and your job, even, even with colleagues or if you're working on a deal, if you don't get a direct yes or no, then you know there's, there's a gap there that you have to work on closing. Or if, if they take a moment to think. <laughs> you know, yeah. If they're going, that's, that tells you you're not getting the straight answer, right? Yeah, and if they're, if they're straight shooters, you're going to get an answer, the same answer, whether you asked it five minutes ago or five minutes later, because they don't have to remember a fib. Good right? point. Yeah, good point. Um, what's the hardest business decision you had to make? Ooh. The hardest business decision I've had to make. Well, I, I'm in that flux. Like, I still have my individual agent production. Do I go to the next level and really create a formal team and have a bunch of buyer agents? I wrestle with that every day. Mm -hmm. And and here's why, and you can probably empathize and, and maybe give me some insight. At a young age, I did have um, a management role and, and managed everybody and know about accountabilities and running a team and having goals and having processes and procedures. But I will say that the joy of real estate is working at your own pace with who you want to work with, creating your own opportunities, whether you want to work 20 hours a day or 12 hours a day, that still is all up to you. But when you're mentoring a bunch of people, you've got to be accountable to them 24-7 as well as your clients. So I constantly wrestle with whether I want a team or not want a team, because I like to be personally involved in every transaction. The joy in real estate for me is actually being in touch with every single client, being part of that process, being part of the win, being part of the loss, being part of the disappointment, listening to their stories. And if I pass that off to somebody else, it wouldn't be the same experience for me. So that's personally what I struggle with all the time. Well, it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge decision. As, as you mentioned, I, you know, I have a lot of experience with large, with large groups of people from the company that I co-founded. And 
when you're dealing with a lot of people, you're also dealing with not only their business part uh, of their life, but their personal part. And because everybody has things that happen in their life. And some people are better at being empathetic and, than others. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I used to say this to managers when we talked about problems, you know, and solving problems. I used to kind of figure every problem was an hour. And so if you got 10, if you got 10 problems in a day, that's 10 hours. And, I, you know, you have to consider you, you shine in what you do. There's no question you're great at what you do. So the reason you'd probably make that move is because you want a different challenge. Right. I mean, right. what other reason would there be? Right. So so and a lot of it's intuitive anyway. If you get to the stage where you go, you know what? I've done this a long time. Uh, it's been great. I'm, I'm successful. I want this other challenge. I want to work with people. I want to help them improve. I want to help them grow as a, as an agent, as an individual. And, and you get, you know, rewards from that. Then you'll know it's the right decision. I mean, that's what I think it would come down to. Right. So, but your team, you know, they'll they'll help you make the decision by saying, "Don't do it." <laughs> everybody, everybody tells me not to do it. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't really think what I have is broken, so why fix it? And I'm still able to service the people that I w- want to work with. And 95% of my business is repeat and referral. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, mean, I like those people, and I want to continue to work with them as long as they want to work with me. Yeah, I think you're, you know, you're, you're in a, a very good spot because you're, you're not forced to make a move. It's when you're ready and, and you'll know. Um, I like this question because it helps any, anybody who's watching. And, and it's, uh, what's the biggest mistake you ever made? And the reason I asked that one is to help other people avoid making the same mistake. So can you come down on one big mistake? Yeah, I can, I can come down on one. And that was trying to market every which way possible bus benches, print ads. And I was trying to get more business, but more is not quality. Mm-hmm. Um, after that shift of trying to do general marketing and just amass more leads, you have to qualify your leads. And the best kind of leads are your repeat and referrals. So I missed the boat by not honing that in the very beginning of my career. I was just trying to get every inquiry, every lead, every potential buyer there was, failing to realize that I could grow the little basket of eggs I had into a into a chicken coop full of eggs. Mm-hmm. It's good advice because in the beginning you're you're learning the business and you you know you you, you learn what's right for you. So that's yeah. actually really good advice because it's a, an economic tip about, you know, I always describe real estate in the early years as a time money race right? Because you've got only so much time to be successful before the money runs out and, and people have to budget for that as well. Um, do you have any regrets when you look back on your real estate career? I have like some regrets and some of the regrets include um, not being more technologically savvy. Um, you know, I'm okay at it. I'm not the best at it, but individual moments of regret are what and it's not regrets probably the wrong word but when I look back on certain situations where I've done a market evaluation and I said your house is x but I'm brutal brutally honest to a fault almost and they sold it for exponentially higher with another agent because it happened that inventory was low I always try to tell the vendor the truth, not 
inflate the number by, you know, three times the price or whatever it is. And these are people I've made these errors with, with cold leads, not past clients, because with the past clients, they know how I work and they, they know that I'm going to tell them this and I'll build in a buffer. But with cold leads, you know, sometimes they need to hear a little more flowery of a story. And, and my thing is, is what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. That kind of leads to the question I was going to ask next is, what's the best thing that people who work with you and know you could say about you? They're going to tell me that what you see is what you get. And I'm always looking for the right answer for them. And people look to us really for advice and expertise on their largest life investment. That's what a house is. That's what real estate is to a lot of people unlocking your retirement and all these kinds of wonderful things and your equity that you've saved all your life for. Um, and I've actually talked myself out of a few listings because I will say now is not the time. Now is not the time for you. The ratios are tight. I think you should sit tight. I think you should, you know, work on stabilizing your career and then make your move. And I think a lot of people I would say 99.9% .9 of people appreciate that candidness and that that ability to maybe take your salesperson hat off for a minute and give them a straight answer as a human who genuinely cares about what direction their life is going because they'll thank you in the end. There are many instances where I've talked myself out of a sale and the next year I'll have two or three sales from that person, their own mm -hmm. plus two others because they appreciated how honest I was with them. I think that's, that is so critical. And the problem is a lot of people don't, don't have the patience. You, you know, you have the patience to say, listen, it's not the right time. Um, and they, they, they're asking for expertise and you're giving them honest expertise. So all the, they, you know, what they'll remember is not the details. They'll remember how they felt about you, right? Yes. And that, that's what will bring them back to you and obviously refer you business. If you could, here's one for you. If you could gauge your own success, what are the things you're good at and what are the things that you could improve? Mm. I'm, I'm really good at numbers and expectations and I guess schooling people on the process. That's what I think I'm great at. I'm not so great at all of the auto tech stuff like doing a bomb bomb every week or um direct emailing my whole database on every listing that I have. I don't do that. I don't ever do that. So sometimes I think I'm not as tech savvy as I can be. So that's where I lack. Um, but I think in terms of the day-to-day -day practice of, of crunching numbers with my clients and educating them and letting them know where things are at, I think that's my strongest point. But I will say that I think the more cutting edge technology um, type of communication is where I lack. And that's really honest. And I don't think it's affect your career. I mean, uh, sometimes I think people focus, you and I are of the same vintage in this business. They focus too much on being technical and not enough in being in front of people. Right. And, and you, you, yeah, I mean, obviously COVID has changed that right now, but, but prior to that, that that's how you make uh, a connection. I mean, you have, I believe it, that you have to be in the same space with someone and you have to be comfortable with new people. That's the other thing. Yes. Um, and you have to be comfortable with negotiation. That's another thing. It's not just showing houses. And that's, that's what people start with. Um, I heard, I heard this exercise from someone 
and it was about getting comfortable with uncomfortable things as an agent. And what, what he suggested was uh, go into wherever you buy coffee and, uh, and do this 10 times uh, and ask for a 10% discount. <laughs> okay. And the reason for that is it's a very uncomfortable thing to do, right? Right. And it'll help. The idea behind it would help your negotiating skills because you're, you're, you're ready. You're, you've got some experience in that uncomfortable feeling of negotiating. Right. I thought it was a good tip for people. Oh, yeah. Right. So so that that's obviously what we do. We negotiate along with everything else. Um, I, I, I think you've answered the question, but is social media important to you in your business? Yes, um, I, I'm pretty active on on my social media with my immediate friends on Facebook and mm -hmm. and clients, and that part is important to me. But the email marketing stuff is is not. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not, you know, on Clubhouse every two seconds. Like all of these things, that's where I think it's important. But there just aren't any enough hours in the day for me. Right, and right. I just just default for my regular Facebook with my friends. It allows me to keep in touch with clients, but not only clients, relatives, people from across the miles, you know, they like to see what you're up to. And I like to see what they're up to in terms of family and friends. It's a nice way to connect. I think it's great. And I think it's a question of balance, like everything else in life, right? I mean, I, you know, we're friends on Facebook and social media. Yeah. So I see, you know, you're talking about, a, you know, one time you're talking about a cottage that you have. Another time you're talking about listings that you've got. So you balance it out nicely. And I think that's balances everything. Um, or Kevin's birthday with his Wendell Clark shout out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you figured out how to make it special in the midst of everything else. Um, people are talking about a new normal these days, uh, you know, thanks to COVID. Do you have any predictions about how business will be conducted uh, from here on, the real estate business? You know, we've been very fortunate in real estate to still carry on as an essential service as we are. I mean, many people have bought and they need to sell and many people have sold and they need to buy. Um, primary thing that we need is, is shelter. It will change in that I think conventions will change. I think conferences will change. I think the ability to show um, to show showings as they are now are going to be with strict, tight timelines, with COVID procedures, and a lot of sanitizing. So I've seen that change, and I think it's going to carry forward, regardless of if, if we're all vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Has anything positive come out of the pandemic for you? Yes. I'm going to say that COVID has really changed all of our lives in a positive way because it puts in perspective what's important and that's your family and your health. Mm -hmm. Those two things. Above all, above any great real estate transaction or all the commission that you can make, if you don't have those two things, your life is kind of empty. That's what I believe. I think it's a great way to wrap it up. It's, it, it's uh, listen, from the intro of our podcast to where we are, I have a great idea how busy you are. And Kevin's probably waiting in the car for you to get in there. So, uh, okay. So I'm going to thank you for joining us. Um, it's always great to see you. It's been, oh God, I guess it's been at least a year since we've actually seen each other. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice yeah. to do it this way. Um, and thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our viewers have learned a lot about what it takes to be successful. And that's really the goal here, to share experience. So thanks, MJ. Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure, Howard. We want to thank Mary Jane Viejo and you for joining us today. 
And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And please tell your friends about us. And to reach us, you can reach us two ways. One is by email at info at rewithhd.com, or you can reach us on our website, rewithhd.com. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time.